You've tuned in to Naturopathic Earth Radio and Holistic Health News, where you get the latest on medical cover-ups, government malfeasance, toxins being put in our food and home, as well as sound, clean eating principles. We are here to cast a light on what the big sick care industry and its government shills don't want you to know. Don't be a slave to Big Pharma. Break free of the shackles of big food and start your journey now on a long, purposeful life. Become a citizen of naturopathic earth. Here's your host, A. Gregory Luna. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of Holistic Health News. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to D it up. We're going to talk about vitamin D, which in fact really isn't a vitamin. And I was going through my back catalog, and I was astonished that I didn't do a vitamin D episode early on, perhaps in the first 50 episodes. We did one on vitamin C. We've done a couple on that in terms of its its ability, perhaps, per Linus Pauling, the only American to win the Nobel Prize twice to cure cancer using high-dose intravenous vitamin C, but we never did vitamin D, and vitamin D is crucial. And I've tangentially mentioned vitamin D in previous hashtag eClean episodes, but really never had a standalone. So today we're going to brush upon it. It's not going to be exhaustive, but we're going to brush upon it. This is from Natural News, one of my favorite websites, though I don't think I've ever used it uh, for HHN podcasts episodes. Studies show vitamin D can help reverse diabetes and heart disease. Vitamin D, also known as the sunshine vitamin, is important for the health of various organs and plays a role in many biological processes. This essential nutrient can be obtained either through sun exposure or by eating excellent food sources such as fatty fish, cheese, and egg yolks. For sure, the better way to, to get vitamin D is by the sun. In fact, if you live in the lower latitudes in the United States, like in Texas, where we're around 30 degrees latitude, but certainly for closer to the equator, all you really need is about 15 minutes of full sun to dose up. And the good thing about getting it from the sun is that you can't overdose in vitamin D per the sun. For food, there's not a really lot of good food sources. They do mention a couple right there. You can get it also from leafy greens, but food is not the best way. The other option is through pills, which we'll talk about. Today, vitamin D supplementation is used to prevent various diseases such as multiple sclerosis, Hashimoto's disease, which is a thyroid problem, a thyroid autoimmune problem, and hypertension. Vitamin D is also used to eliminate depressive symptoms, important vitamin to add to the list of this vitamin's health benefits, researchers from Iran, the Persians, best food, beautiful women, recently reported that vitamin D can improve glycemic control. That has to do with diabetes, which we'll talk about in a second. Through their meta-analysis of previous studies, they found that vitamin D supplementation can effectively reduce fasting blood glucose levels, insulin levels, and insulin resistance, among others. Vitamin D can be used to prevent diabetes and reduce the risk of heart disease. As you know, guys, heart disease is one of the leading causes of death around the world. I mean, this is a chronic condition that's closely linked to other serious diseases like obesity and diabetes. The whole metabolic syndrome is kind of connected to this. Uh, when you're overweight, you tend to get diabetes, and then you'll get hypertension, high blood pressure, and high cholesterol. 
and then uh, typically you're going to get um, you know, some heart problems. And then if you're diabetic, that certainly exacerbates your heart issues. You're more likely to have heart attacks and get your foot chopped off and have kidney failure and other things like that. Vitamin D deficiency is common in patients who suffer from weight problems, in other words, having a high weight, high blood pressure, and even mental disorders like depression. Results of clinical trials suggest that vitamin D supplementation can alleviate some of their symptoms. So the researchers hypothesize that the same approach can be used to reduce the risk of heart disease. For their meta-analysis, the researchers included eight different trials involving 305 patients in their intervention group and 325 patients in the placebo group, the sugar pill group. After pulling relevant data from the studies, they found that vitamin D administration brought significant reduction in the fasting glucose, insulin concentrations, and insulin resistance of the participants. It also increased their insulin sensitivity and blood concentrations of good cholesterol, HDL. So guys, when we eat sugar, that sugar gets into our blood. That's not good for us. So the pancreas releases insulin. Insulin kind of serves as a key. And it's a key that will open up our organs and our muscles so the glucose can be stored in those places to be used later as energy. Diabetes, type 1 diabetes occurs, juvenile diabetes occurs because we aren't making insulin. That's not good. And type 2 essentially occurs because the key is misshapen. And so the key can open up the organs and muscles. And so what happens is uh, insulin, more insulin is being made so, which raise, raises our insulin levels, which isn't good for us. And it also isn't help abating or waning the glucose because it's not being shunted into the organ. So your blood glucose stays high and your insulin stays high. So what they're saying essentially is vitamin D can help with uh, the insulin levels issue and, of course, the, the blood glucose. By the way, when your blood sugar gets too low, we release glucagon. Glucagon. <laughs> I love that name. Or I think of it, it's like a transformer's name, glucagon. Help us, glucagon. And so glucagon releases stored glucose. Typically, uh, the liver has stored glucose in the form of glycogen. Now we're getting all nerdy here, nerdy physiology. So it, it'll release stored glucose in uh so to raise your blood sugar, because we don't want our blood sugar too low or too high. We want it like porridge, just right. Additionally, vitamin D supplementation dramatically reduced the C-reactive protein, CRP, levels of the patients. CRP is a product of the liver that's used as a blood test marker for inflammation. Oh, the liver's so important. It's our big washing machine. We don't want to F with the liver. Don't get hepatitis. Don't get cirrhosis. Don't get fatty liver disease. Chronic inflammation is one of the leading contributors to the development of type 2 diabetes and its complications. Hence, the positive effects of vitamin D on blood glucose levels, insulin resistance, and inflammation suggest that the vitamin can be used for the treatment of diabetes. Based on these results, the researchers concluded that vitamin D supplementation can be used to improve glycemic control, increase good cholesterol HDL levels, and decrease CRP levels in patients with heart disease. Again, CRP is the inflammatory marker for the liver. Although it did not affect triglyceride or bad cholesterol, LDL levels, but vitamin D can still be used for the management of diabetes and heart problems. This is big news. Big news. Despite its popularity as a vitamin, vitamin D is actually not a vitamin, but it's a hormone. Once produced in the skin or obtained from food, 
vitamin D is converted into its more active form by the liver and kidneys. The active form of vitamin D called calcitriol then helps the gut absorb more calcium from food and prevents the loss of calcium from the kidneys. The roles played by vitamin D inside the body are crucial and varied. Vitamin D is needed for, among other things, the development of strong bones in children and adults, supporting the immune system and the nervous system, regulation of insulin levels, the maintenance of lung function and heart health, influencing the expression of certain genes, regulating cell growth and cell communication. Also, vitamin D enhances immunity against the flu. Right? We know we know it's a good uh, thing to supplement in the winter. C and D, very important. Ensures a healthy pregnancy, helps prevent asthma, improves the mood. Again, has to do with depression. Reduces the risk of diabetes, slows down cancer progression, and strengthens and maintains healthy bones. So these are all important things, guys. Vitamin D can be easily obtained from common food sources. You can also help your body produce it by soaking up some sun before 10 in the morning. I would go later. As a last resort, vitamin D can be taken in capsule form. Prevent vitamin D deficiency and lower your risk of diabetes and heart disease by ensuring you get enough sufficient amounts of vitamin D. All right, so we need to D it up. So look, let me tell you a little history of, of me and D. Me and D, that sounds like a sitcom. I've been taking D pills probably 15 years or so. And I take about 5,000 IU a day. IU is international units. And I think there were times I was maybe taking 10,000 IU. And the thing is, most Americans, and it didn't really mention it in that article, most Americans are deficient, like woefully, lamentably, lamentably deficient in vitamin D. Now, the way vitamin D is measured in the body, it's measured in on a 0 to like 150 scale of nanograms over milliliter. And anything under 30 is considered deficient, like really bad for you. And anything between like 30 and 40 is insufficient. 40 to 80 is good, like the healthy sufficient range. And then anything over 80 is is very high. I had my vitamin D tested probably about four years ago, and it was pretty high. It was probably around 80, 85, 90. And then uh, I got it tested about a year ago, and it was about 60 or 70. I would need to check. It was definitely still high, and you want it to be high. Now, in full disclosure, those are the last two times I've been to the doctor. I never go to the doctor. Well, because I don't manifest any symptoms. And yes, I know I'm at the age now where I need to get a colonoscopy and a prostate check, you know, the finger up the butthole. And yes, I, I am probably not practicing what I'm preaching, but. Vitamin D is extremely important. So I would recommend that you do get the blood test for it the next time you go to El Doctor. And the blood test you need is called the 25-OHD blood test. 25-OHD. And uh, they'll take it from your blood. And uh, it can be part of the lab results that you get. And you need to check because if you're overweight, for example, or if you have diabetes or some of the aforementioned, chances are your vitamin D is going to be low. Like Chances are your vitamin D is going to be low because if you're not getting sunlight and you're not eating fish, eggs, leafy greens, your vitamin D level is going to be low because where else are you going to be getting vitamin D? 
Now, the blessing or the curse of vitamin D is that we can get it from the sun. But we're not in the sun anymore. If you look 100 years ago, and I've talked about this, about skin cancer. So skin cancer is 10 times the rate it was in 1910. Now, some people will say, well, it's because we weren't really diagnosing and documenting skin cancer back in 1910, but that's not really the case. The reason why skin cancer has gone up, even though we use sunscreen, and go to that very early episode about why you should not be using sunscreen, and if you're going to use it, what type you need to use. We've been using sunscreen, which is supposed to protect us, but our skin cancer levels have skyrocketed by by 10 times, and that makes no sense because 100 years ago, we were out in the sun much more because we had a more agricultural economy, and we were outdoors more than we are now. We're all inside in cubicles. So why is skin cancer going higher? Well, skin cancer is going higher because of all the toxins we're exposed to, and sometimes cancer is just manifested in different ways, and sometimes it's manifested in the skin. So we need to be taking vitamin D. So what I would recommend to you is get your blood checked the next time you go to the doctor, see where you are in the range. And as a prophylaxis, I'd probably recommend, unless you're eating a lot of fish, leafy greens, and eggs, and so forth, to, to take vitamin D pills. I mean, They're pretty cheap to buy. And the problem with vitamins, and we've never done an episode on vitamins, but the problem with vitamins is that it's a completely unregulated uh, economy. It's unregulated industry. And so vitamin makers, which are largely owned by big pharmaceutical companies, can make claims on the bottle that it has a certain amount of IUs, or if you're looking at vitamin C, milligrams, or you know milligrams for vitamin B and so forth, but they might not. They might not. Now, you can make the assumption, well, if I buy the more expensive brands of these pills, they're more likely to be authentic. Maybe. I mean, maybe. I don't know. This is one of the things we kind of have to have faith in because none of us have a laboratory, as the British would say, in our house to check if, if there's actually these amounts. But I would recommend that you do, you do take vitamin D, especially in the winter because our immune systems are compromised because we're not getting sunlight. Our mucus levels... Our mucus dries up in our nasal passages, which allows pathogens to burrow in. See, mucus's job is to kind of like catch pathogens and dirt and flush it out through our boogers, so to speak. So this is why a humidifier is really crucial to have in the winter because you want to keep the air warm to keep your mucus sticky to catch viruses and bacteria and so forth. But it's even more crucial in the winter to maintain vitamin D levels. So I'd recommend, first of all, to get your blood work done. But if you're not going to do it anytime soon, I would take 5,000 to 10,000 IU a day. Now, the vitamin D council suggests that the ideal level of of your blood vitamin D3 is going to be about 50. And they recommend you do 5,000 IU a day. The endocrine society, endocrine means hormone, they recommend you supplement around 2,000 IU a day. Now, if I'm if I remember correctly, I think the daily recommended allowance per the FDA per our government is only about 400 IU a day, and this is not surprising because they typically lowball the RDA for all of our vitamins. And of course, the conspiracy theorists would tell you it's because they want to get us sick, right? Because there's no profit to be made from healthy people. But you're like, well, Gregory, isn't the FDA our watchdog? The FDA is largely owned and run by former big pharma, big food, big big medical device, big business executives. But either way, certainly with the water-soluble vitamins like vitamin C and vitamin B, you cannot overdose on those. So I would load up on a lot of both of those, especially vitamin C. 
you just pee out what your body's not using. Now, can you overdose on vitamin D? Yes, it can be toxic, right? There is a toxic level, 80 to 150 nanograms per milliliter. So we don't want our blood vitamin D to be that high. It's very high for it to be that high. You have to be over supplementing. So I probably wouldn't recommend taking more than 10,000 IU a day. Of course, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not giving medical advice. I don't want the FDA to come down on me here. But in the summer, in the summer, it's not really a problem because your body is amazing and it regulates how much vitamin D is being made by the skin and then conversely later by your liver and so forth. So you can't overdose by getting too much sun. If that was the case, then much of the world would have overdosed and died on vitamin D a long time ago when we were always outside. So in the summer, you really don't need to supplement, especially if you're outside getting at least 20, 30 minutes of sunlight a day. But even if you're not in the summer, then you probably should take at least 2,000 IU a day. But in the winter, I would definitely recommend that you take anywhere, take a 5,000 IU pill up to two 5,000 IU pills, depending on what your vitamin D level is. The last thing I want to mention is there are two types of vitamin D. There's D2. Now, D2, if you go to a doctor, they might prescribe to you vitamin D if your your blood vitamin D level is low. D2 is a crap drug. It's not readily uh, metabolized by the body. So you want to get D3. D3. It's very important. And that luckily, the pills that are sold at your grocery store are D3. But that's something that you need to remember. Just don't buy anything that's D2. you got to buy vitamin D3. And the last thing I want to mention is sometimes with some people, uh, vitamin D is like sunshine in a pill, and I would not recommend you take it too late at night because it could keep you up. Of course, everybody's different. Some people can drink coffee at 10 p.m. and fall asleep an hour later. But in general, I would recommend that you don't take it late at night. And also, since it's a fat-soluble vitamin, it's better broken down by the body when you eat it, when you take it with food, as opposed to when you're fasting or on an empty stomach. So guys, vitamin D, take it. It is crucial to your health. I personally take three pills every day, and I've been doing this for about 10 years. I take magnesium because it's a natural sedative and it's extremely important because most Americans are very deficient in magnesium. It's also a natural anxiolytic, meaning it lowers anxiety or anti-anxiolytic, I should say. So instead of taking Xanax, which has loads of problems, go to that video we did on Xanax and alcohol. Um, Take magnesium. It's also responsible for 300 electrical activities in the body with your heart and your brain. So magnesium is important, but I would take magnesium, vitamin C, and vitamin D. Those are the three that I've been taking forever, and and I'll take probiotic pills as well. And I know I probably should be taking fish oil and some other ones, but those are the ones I've been taking. So look, vitamin D is extremely important. Take it, supplement it, eat foods that are high in it at least three, four times a week, like eggs. We all should be eating eggs. That's a keto ball a keto ball, a bundle of keto energy. It's all protein, no carbs. And just watch your D levels, guys. D is important. You need to D it up. Guys, as always, the website's Naturopathic Earth. There's about 250 food recipes there. Go check those out. And about 200 articles about holistic health and natural remedies. If you like the content that we're producing here, please consider patronizing us. We have two crowdfunding accounts, one through PayPal Me and one through Patreon. Check out the episode notes and click on the links and be generous. The other way you can help us out is by clicking on the Amazon links, mostly found in the food recipes, and that'll take you to Amazon. And anything that you buy on Amazon, within 24 hours, we get a 2% commission at no expense to you. And it doesn't have to be the item that you click on. So if you click on cinnamon, which is a super important spice that all of you should be taking practically every day, you click on the link 
on cinnamon. It takes you to Amazon to buy that cinnamon product. You can just search from there dresses, flower dresses, and then buy a flower dress. Flower dresses are nice. And then we get a 2% commission at no expense to you. The other thing that you can do is buy Confessions of an Obese Child, my first book. It talks about what it was like to grow up overweight and then talks about how I lost it. We also cover interfamilial dynamics and, and early childhood trauma. It's a good, fun read. It's about two ninety nine at Amazon Kindle or Barnes & Noble Nook, so go buy that. And if you need some one-on-one counseling, click on the Clarity FM link and we can do some one-on-one coaching for only $1.50 a minute and we can talk about weight loss, weight management, toxins in the food, intersexual dynamics, whatever you want to talk about. And of course, we have three podcasts in the MPE family. We have Holistic Health News, which of course is the flagship, and then we have the Essential Oils and Herbal Apothecary. We're, we just did uh, cumin not that long ago. We have about 30 oils now. I really went on a run this summer starting in May where I, I, I've done pretty much an oil every week since May to up the catalog. And then we have Confessions of an Obese Child, which deals with what it's like to grow up overweight, emotional eating, disordered eating. And it's a great podcast for people who are formerly overweight or who are currently dealing with emotional eating. And we also interview formerly overweight people. Please subscribe to all three of them and post an honors review. Until next time, take care. God bless. Thank you for listening to NPE Radio and Holistic Health News. Visit our website at naturopathicearth.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Holistic News Now and at our Facebook page at Naturopathic Earth. Please consider a donation at patreon.com slash naturopathic earth. Buy the Confessions of an Obese Child ebook on Amazon or Barnes & Noble Nook. Consider subscribing to our podcast. And as always, please post an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this. And remember, the core belief at NPE, let food be thy medicine, let nature be thy healer. Until next time, music courtesy of Nine Inch Nails.